you're like me, you probably have a closet full of local band merch. And whether you know it or not, a lot of that band merch is probably made by Divine Shirt Company right here in Winnipeg. Divine Shirt Company has made all of the Great Witch Police merch from our hoodies to our toques to our t-shirts. And if you're looking to get anything done, like screen printing, embroidery, graphic design, digital printing, go to see Divine Shirt Company at divineshirtcompany.ca and tell them which police radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. I'm here with someone who has been on the podcast, but it's been a long time. I mean, I think the last time you were on was would have been like 2014 or 15, maybe it's the latest. And obviously a lot has happened just <laughs> in everyone's lives in the world and your music career and everything since then. So I think that the best way to just get this started, if you want to introduce yourself and give a bit of background about what it is you do as a musician, and then we can kind of try to fill in some gaps of, of what you've been up to in recent years. Sure, yeah. Uh, I'm Matt Foster, and... Yeah, what do I do in music? I guess, like, uh, uh, you know, principally a songwriter, I guess. But uh, just put out a record this past week that uh, I've probably spent t- probably eight to ten years on chipping away at, at making. And it's been a real, uh, sort of just a real departure for me in terms of getting serious about um, making making happen what i what i hear in my head you know and in the past i've done a lot of collaborative work and a lot of like democratic artistic decision making and stuff and this past record has been a real process for me to just trust my own trust my own guts and move quickly through some of those impulses and like not get not get weighed down by stopping to ask others you know and so <clears throat> it's been a real been a real project for me and yeah musically i guess i wouldn't know how to say it uh <laughs> I, I make i make music that i i don't hear elsewhere because i, I want to hear it and i don't i don't hear anybody else doing it so i feel like if i if I want it to be there, I better I better make it. You, you know? need to DIY, it. yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah. and, and I think like what you said about you know having having collaborated with other people before. I think a lot of people would recognize you as being one third of the Crooked Brothers. And it seems like all three of you guys sort of just that that band did whatever it did, and then there was mm-hmm. just kind of a pause. And I know Jesse released a, a full length a few years ago, and now you're doing this. But it seems like there was kind of a quiet from from all three of you um, for a little bit. And was that a deliberate thing to sort of reset what you're doing, or was it just life getting in the way? It was very deliberate. I don't know to the degree that everybody wanted it or, or whatever might have might have varied between us, but I know for myself, like we were on the road, we were road dogs, yeah, and uh, that was that was how we knew how to do music. And so we would put out a record, put on a big big party show in our hometown, and then just fill the trunk of the car with records and start driving and 
incessantly go 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 yeah and when we when we first started it was very much uh just a labor of of love and like you didn't even realize like we weren't even asking to get paid half the time until it got to the point where we were like oh we're doing this so often and so frequently that like i'm becoming i'm becoming otherwise unemployable (laughs) you know and like had to learn how like we 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 always approached music like a bit of like i think in a, a pipe dream in the way of thinking you could maybe excuse yourself from capitalism or yeah or or whatever see it see it as some kind of in the in our youthful eyes like see it as some kind of way out of of all the things you see as a problem you know what's well, the dream right uh, doing something creative and, and being able to go out on your own and do it without having to kind of uh punch into to everything that that everyone else is is, is stuck doing yeah totally yeah, it was a very it was a very punk rock operation, you know, like a very Henry Rollins just get in the van yeah. attitude. And it really worked. Like we built the thing up and we were touring the world all the time. And eventually learning learning to ask to get paid uh <laughs> enough enough that I didn't have to come home and and uh you know, get a get a day job because I would have two and a half weeks in November to work and I would have a week in December and I'll be back in February kind of thing. And like, find, find the boss who wants to hire you yeah. when you're, when your availability is like that. Right. Yeah, for sure. So anyways, we were touring like crazy and it just got to the point where I felt like I was really craving a creative space where we weren't constantly mobile Yeah, because it just, the writing and what and what I wanted to make and the way that I wanted to pour myself into the creative aspect, it just seemed impossible the way that we'd gotten these things on the track, on its own tracks. It was really working. We were doing so good, but there was like this nagging itch in me being like, I don't I'm not sure I'm not ready to make that next record, you know? I'm not sure I'm ready to make that next record because I haven't sat with these songs. I haven't like combed through my lyrics and like I don't know, just let them gestate in a way that they, they need to, you know? So I really desired some, some time off and we kind of, we kind of pictured a year off after one of our big European tours and then a year off turned into two. And then it just kind of was like, Oh, I think we're, I think we're putting this to bed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it was not heartbreaking. It was very, it was very giving. It was exactly what I needed and I may have seen it coming earlier than I was ready for or or what have you, but it's, it kind of set up the conditions to do what I'm doing now. And I've never been happier in my life with like what I'm making and my relationship to music and how I, yeah, how, what, what my, the, the quality of what that relationship is and the cycles it takes to, to, to be happy and engaged with something in a, in a meaningful way where, it, you can so quickly like t- turn your 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 heart's desire into something that like you know you can you can convince yourself like oh well I'm living my dream and it's true like this was your dream five ten years ago and you've built it up to this thing and now you're living your dream of ten years ago yeah but like is it your dream right now you know. Well, yeah, that changes. No, no matter what. I mean, the older you get and the the more your life changes, that that dream's gonna be something different it, it morphs and, and yeah for sure for sure mm-hmm. and, and 
you've mentioned song songwriting a few times, and I definitely want to talk to you about that. But one thing that kind of struck me on first listening to the new record after having mm. mainly heard you on the Crooked Brothers records is that I feel, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but but I get the impression that you are doing a lot more variety with your voice in terms of the actual vocals. I mean, I, I, I think, you, not that you didn't uh, on the Crooked Brothers stuff, but it, it feels like there's a lot more, uh, I don't know if experimentation is the right word, but you're, you're trying different things. You're trying, like, you know, you're singing higher than, than one would normally expect you to sing. And mm-hmm. and not all the time, but from song to song, it kind of changes, and it sounds like you're you're, you're testing out kind of what your limits are vocally. Is that is that fair? Yeah, I think... Um, there, there's some intentional departure from like what I had done, like in the Crooked Brothers, there was some pretty like growly, heavy duty, like I I would say like one of the power cards that we could play as a band back then was that I could get on the mic and song one, like grab everybody's attention. Sure. Um, and I felt like when I was embarking on this new journey and thinking about the sonics and the production and just the approach, I was like, like what would happen if I looked at all the things that I have in my, in my toolbox as like these power cards that I can play. And I know they work. I've been running around the world doing this certain things. What if I just put them aside? Yeah. And no, I can I can return to this, but like, just get curious about like what else is there, and where are my blind spots, and where are my weak spots, as a performer and a producer, and and what have you. And I I got really curious about like what is, what is it that like you can watch a singular performer on the stage, like just a person and their guitar, uh, and they can hold an entire room, like yeah hold their attention and so i I just kind of started studying that power a little bit and trying to wrap my head around like what is it that's like able to like why aren't all these people bored with this quiet (laughs) yeah yeah you know well because it's it's a different kind of power right it's not power in terms of just like hitting them over the head with something it's it's something a lot more subtle Mm -hmm. exactly exactly a subtlety and like yeah instead of instead of like reaching out and grabbing everyone's attention and forcing them to listen, I've been experimenting more with like, um, just being secure in my own making and, and the, and also using intrigue and certain elements of sounds that are maybe just, just unfamiliar enough that like it kind of turns your ear a little bit and you're like, what is, what is that? You know? Um, and to yeah cultivate more of a feeling of like um you're drawing people people in you know yeah. um they and have them come to you and not project a need uh for the audience but like a welcome you know and it's like i'm over here doing this and it could be quite quiet it could be quite um imperceptible almost or subtle like you're saying but have there be some element of uh, that has like a compelling nature to it. And I find it's really magic. Like you only need to turn one or two ears towards you before that, before that contagiously spreads across the room. And then you've got the whole 
big bar full of people listening like they, like you could drop a pin just like it was a quiet little venue, you know? And taking those notions and then expanding them into the record and not just the live show, but yeah, really like leaning into that idea of um, not not being a needy presence, okay. not needing your attention, you know? Just like knowing securely this is what I want to say and how I want to say it and and letting it just draw in the the focus of others you know Right then, the right thing will be right there. 
Do you think that that kind of in turn generates more close listening to what you're actually saying because people are, are seeing that you're there and you're you're doing what you're doing and you're not clearly not needing that kind of attention like do you think people are more tuned into okay I, I need to listen to what these lyrics are rather than you know bobbing their head to it or whatever yeah right i mean yeah it's not it's almost not for me to say i think but sure yeah yeah it's out of your hands right <laughs> at that point yeah 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 but i do i do center lyrics like i do center the words uh and always have that's always been my entry point into music like of my favorite singers the reason i love music are are people that like have no voice that you could speak of yeah but they're still drawn to get up there and put their mouth on that microphone and say what they're saying with conviction and and feeling and often it's the people that sound the worst. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Technically, that are saying the most, you know? Yeah, because there's something about it that's compelling, regardless of how, yeah, uh, out of tune or off key or whatever. Yeah, there's that honesty mm-hmm. and genuineness that comes through. Yeah, and that's, yeah, that's always been the heart of music to me, or at least my, at least it's how I found music, you know? Yeah. And uh, those, those have always been my heroes. And so, the poetry and the and the words are centered uh certainly in in how i in how i approach things and present them but i also think there's enough there that like it's not just the lyrics sure know? of course yeah, uh, yeah. so I, th- I think people listen to music uh any number of ways i have some i have some great friends that a record will come out and we're both gushing over like fiverr's fiverr's new record or something and uh I'm, I'm going on about their lyrics, and then my my friend is like, embarrassed, and is like, oh, I didn't even. Uh, <laughs> we're both talking about how much we love the song. Yeah, and it just and hits then, you differently, then, right? Depending on who it is. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. And they're and they're like, oh, I don't even think I realized what it was about. You know. Yeah. And so uh, there's just different listeners of all kinds, and I, yeah, I think you you just have to let you just have to let things be heard. You know, however they're heard. Is there a way to to navigate that as a songwriter, especially like in an era where it's not a given that someone's going to listen to a record start to finish? I mean, it's probably more unlikely than not that someone's going to be listening to, you know, one song here, one song there, skipping around, just based on the way music tends to be consumed, unfortunately, right? So is there, Mm -hmm. I mean, do you have to change anything or or sort of tailor the way you write to that fact? Or are you cool with just doing it the same way you would have if someone was listening from, you know, song one, track one, side one, all the way through? I mean, I make a record because I like listening to records start yeah. to finish. But me too. And so yeah, that, yeah. yeah that, and that kind of informs what I, what I'm doing. Um, do I do I change anything given like the new culture? Like, I, I don't think so. I, I I certainly let it influence how I'm going to put the record out. Sure. You know? I've never I've never done this lead up to a to a release where I'm putting out singles and uh, that's that's never been my game but it's just the world that we we live in and it's been a really beautiful practice you just you just respond to what is what is here and before us and I don't know if it's good or bad either way um, I think as an artist if you're putting a record out hoping everyone's going to listen to the whole record like you're setting yourself up for some heartache I think <laughs> Probably. yeah yeah. But you know, just like anything, you you put out 
what you need to put out and like it'll it'll ring true where where it rings true and like if you just don't mind about scale right but think about the quality you know um of the relationship and like if you can if you can dig up some you know some some deep stuff from within you that's hard to talk about in the first place and and uh feels like some of the loneliest you know part of yourself and turn it into turn it into something that you can sit in for a minute somebody else finds it and man there's nothing there's nothing like that kind of connection you know where you go through the loneliness to find some of the deepest the deepest connection between between each other you know yeah yeah it's like Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the the quality. It's the quality of the listener versus the quantity. I think that's that's the, that is a good way to say it, right? You want you want it. You want someone who's gonna sit 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 with it and appreciate it for what it is, and and kind of just uh, let it wash over them and, and and take in the whole thing, rather than someone who's just uh, a click and it gives you a, a number on a screen, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, both are good. However, you get listeners ha- either way, but exactly. There's uh, well, yeah. Again, again, I think just like how people listen is up is up to them and i don't want to i wouldn't attach myself to trying to change anyone's behavior or or what have you but the yeah the capacity to to put it out and the the depth the depth of the communication that happens between the music and the and the listener and like you know you just can't you can't beat it and like if you get if you get a little sliver of folks that all really deeply connect, like those are your, those are your folks. So those are your, those are your kin. And like when you cast that net this time around, putting your record out or putting this show on or like whatever, um, you've caught this little sliver, but like within that, that sliver just goes, if you follow that out, it gets wider and wider and wider. And it's, that's actually more people than you could probably ever know. You know? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. From anywhere so, too, just based on how, how it's happens now. Exactly. Yeah. And so just, just trusting that, like if you, if you just trust the music and, f- and follow it and do what needs to be done to make it the best it can be and don't sweat, you know, shaping it to, to fit the, the current culture or whatever. I think I, I mean, I have to just trust that that's the way to go because if I started trying to think about how best to hit, yeah, you know, I, I think you'd sink to the, you'd sink to the bottom fast. I don't I I think, you know, I, it's just not how I, it's not how I can conceive of doing it. But well, I think it might suck some of the life out of it too, right? If, you, if you're so focused on, on hitting these specific demographics and, and all of that, all the statistics around it with streaming and stuff, I think that kind of kills a lot of the uh, organicness of the project too, because you're so focused on this, this marketing thing rather than just the creative side. Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
about your dreams If you can't tell I did see a concert, a festival this summer in uh, Revelstoke, and one of the headliners. I couldn't believe like the sh- her her songs were like forty seconds long. They were like bangers. Like they would just come out and just hit, and there was like a hook and a thing in the middle, and then the hook again, and then it just vacuumed out. And I was like, and I was just getting into that. Like that's that's over. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. That's, and then song after song after song was like that, and I was like. Oh man, like this is really playing to the attention span yeah. of of today. Yeah. Like and I didn't think it was bad. I it took some getting used to cuz I like to sit in a thing, you know? Like I like to when I'm like my in what I make even like I like to create a feeling and the lyrics might obliquely kind of 
address the subject but the real subject is in the, is in how the song feels and like what you're what you're feeling as the meaning is more yeah. what what's there for me and to get there it takes some sustained time you need to build effort. that feeling yeah mm-hmm. and and persist you know it's like some of it on this record especially is about like presenting some pretty serious like discomfort or awful an awfulness you know and presenting it almost as a continual element from start to finish that on its own you couldn't stand to listen to or to or to deal with you know yeah yeah and in in the same way that we have these parts of ourselves that are like they're hard to they're hard to even name or like talk about or like you get you get kind of squirmy when you have to you know, when you turn turn inwards towards some of that stuff you know and so the intention there is to like yeah just like bring it up to the surface the awfulness and sustain it and then create a space around it either with other musical elements that sort of counter it and balance it or maybe just with like a a steady comfortable beat or some some element that is like some musical element that like keeps you grooving or just in it yeah uh enough that by the end of the song you've managed to really sit through this crescendo of awfulness or or whatever uh and maybe not like it even like right. you, the, the song might end and you'd be like i don't know if i like that uh, but the point is like you made it through like and the experience i think is important yeah um yeah. Well, once you've made it yeah. through, the fact that you've sat through it all, especially in this age of shorter attention spans, like even if you don't like it, it, it has had an impact on you, right? I mean, you can listen to something that at the end you're just kind of like, oh, what do I do with this? But it, it's, it's had some kind of effect on you, and that's what you want music to do is to, to give you some kind of feeling, mm-hmm. at, whether it's happy, sad, confused, <laughs> whatever that might be, right? It's supposed yeah. to give you some kind of vibe from it. And yeah, if you, if you sit through it, you're going to get it. Mm-hmm. So at this point... How do people get the record? I mean, I was looking at your your bandcamp today, which is where I was listening to it. But um, yeah. and you got physical copies coming out, but not for a while, right? Is that just due to the uh, whole bullshit? Yeah, with just the global vinyl pressing, the global, the global backlog of of vital pressing for sure. Uh, some of it's on me, just because I was pursuing some label relationships for a while there, and just holding off on like, do I press this myself or do I wait to have the yeah. relationship? And uh, there's there's a lot of there's some irons in the fire there, and and then uh, I was making this album, thankful to a, a Canada Council Arts grant, and they just there's kind of a deadline on like you've got to put this project out within this window. Yeah. So the release date digitally allows me to meet that deadline, get in all my get in all my orders for physical, and then I can have a proper. Uh, I'll have them I'll have them in hand in the new year, but. Yeah, wanting to also, I'm kind of kind of like the idea of letting the digital release because it's my first record. Because I haven't played too many shows, uh, when I go to play the big album release show, it'll be nice to have let the songs meet a few people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. People can be you know? intimately familiar with them by that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that you know, I don't come out on stage and have to sell every note of a song to. Uh, from the stage that there's a bit of a pre-built 
relationship there. Yeah, yeah, that's um, cool. Yeah. Are, yeah. Are you intending on playing a lot of shows until the kind of formal uh, release uh, show? Yeah, here and there. I won't. I probably won't do anything too huge until uh, until I launch the actual CD, uh, the actual record. But uh, I've got one coming up at the Forks right away. I don't know. I don't know how quickly you release. This will be out this week. But... Okay, cool. So yeah, November tenth. I'm doing a little like free show at uh, the EQ3 Lounge at the Forks. Okay, wait, I saw some ads for these shows that the Forks are doing. What is that? What is the EQ3 Lounge at the Forks? I mean, I know the Forks, but I, I don't know what that actually is. I saw like, there's a list of artists playing at these things, and I, I don't know where that is in the Forks. I'm kind of only guessing at this point, <laughs> but I think the uh, I think the EQ3 Lounge must be on the second floor where there's that like pretty nice set of furniture and coffee tables and it looks like a bit of a workspace area oh, okay yeah yeah. i ma- i imagine that's what that is but i cannot confirm <laughs> well it's at the forks anyway exactly where the show is yeah, yeah yeah cool cool Not on 
Sometimes you do things Sometimes you won't And it feels like you will things But maybe you don't I go to the bottom Bring my pearl a pearl She's seen enough For one little girl I know home just isn't home Ever since it happened And I know love, I know It was happening The good thing about this being a podcast is someone could hear it this week when it comes out or they could hear it a year from now and by then, you know, the record will be out physically. You might be doing a bunch more shows. Who knows? What's the best way to keep up with what you're up to as far as where you're playing, when people can get the the physical copies, where they can hear you, that kind of thing? Yeah, right. I mean, the absolute best thing to do is, like, shoot me your email address. Either, you know, just DM me an email address and I'll get you on the my emailing list. Um... You could also just shoot me an email at mattfostermanagement at gmail.com. Okay. Or just hit, hit the socials. But the email list is really uh, kind of where it's at in terms of just building a relationship with my audience so that, you know, by the time by the time Instagram goes MySpace, uh, that we can still be talking to each other down the road. And uh, that's kind of the, you know, that's that, that's that punk rock. That's yep. that punk rock thing, like just having a one-to-one relationship between myself and the folks that I'm playing to is so important because if we can remove all the middle things, then we can just, uh, we just hang, you know, we can just, we can just make music and listen to music and, and get the, get all the extras out of there. But I'm also having all kinds of fun on, on Instagram and stuff. It's like, it's new to me. I basically got a phone so I could release this record. <laughs> uh, I didn't really do the internet before that. And uh, I was living without a computer and without a phone, uh, which was a very beautiful... Yeah, bet, yeah. It was a very beautiful existence, very patient. Yeah. A very patient... Uh, Less distractions, for sure. Yeah, it was a very different life. But I also have just been kind of... I was it was kind of novel. I was telling somebody how much I like loved getting to get on Instagram. I was like, I'm just following all these skateboarders and just like watching, <laughs> just watching these skate videos, and just yeah, just you know, I think people are pretty tired of the of the shopping mall that it is or whatever. Yeah, but. yeah. But if you're new to it, it's fun, right? You can yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can yell at think, celebrities. You can get people to talk about your record. You can do all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I, I there is just an opportunity there to like as much as there is a culture built in around around these platforms about like get in get out like splash your thing on like don't don't make it look like you're just hanging out in the app too much even though you're all in there 
you know, there's there's a real opportunity there to just speak to one another and say hi. And so I, some of the most fulfilling things I've had happen on social media is like just people hearing the record or going coming to a show and like reaching out and saying hi. And instead of like sending a high five back and being like, thanks, peace. Yeah. Uh, just taking the opportunity to like open the conversation and say, oh, like, what did, what did you really like about it? Because I'd love, to, I'd love to hear it, you know? Well, and that helps, po- that, that helps, I think, the listener too. But the fact that it's like not just a stock response, you know, a thumbs up or whatever. It's actually, yeah, mm-hmm. you, you want to know why they like it and you want to know the details for sure. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I love touring. I love meeting pe- I'm a people person. Like I just, I want to know everybody. And post pandemic, man, when that pandemic happened, music got real lonely there for a while. Yeah, for know? sure. And, uh, got my, got saved by, uh, Natalie Bourne, who I'm sure you're familiar with. She started a song every week club in the deepest, darkest yeah. Yeah. of the pandemic. And like, Man, just like I got a little baby. Uh I'm like hiding out every week trying to meet this deadline to write a song. I've literally got my laptop or my phone on top of my toilet seat. I'm straddling the <laughs> toilet, sitting on the floor, whispering quiet of enough. Course, yeah. Like you know, just like trying not to wake anybody up, but I'm staying up all night till the sun comes up and then hit and send finally in the morning, being like, Oh, I finally got a song out. Uh, and then the next, so the deal is you send in your song for the deadline. The next day or two, you get a whole playlist back of what everybody sent in. That's cool. And what you send in, there's no real parameters on the quality or shape of it. Basically, yeah. send in uh, something you're working on, hopefully a song, but maybe it's a sketch or maybe it's a lick or, you know, yeah, just yeah. just do it, you know. Uh, and the more you put in, the more you get out. But if you don't send it in, if you miss the deadline, you're kicked out of the group. <laughs> and like, it's pretty, it seems like low stakes, but like, man, in, consequences, the, in, yeah. the, in the middle of that pandemic, that community, we weren't even saying anything to one another. It was like you send in a song, maybe a little blurb about what it's about, and that's it. And that made it very digestible. You know, you get like 30 songs to listen to, but there's no homework. There's no like yeah. critique. There's no whatever. It's just making, making, making and, and something to call you back to the table. And it was just so amazing to not feel alone in that. You know, I was like, oh, there's these other people locked in their houses, like uh, struggling to to make things and, and like tap into what matters even in this age of like, are we ever going to gather again? Like, yeah scary questions when you're when when it feels like your purpose is to make music and to come together around it you know for sure for sure so that so that really saved me awesome yeah man Love keeps shining 
clouds like sunshine on a day when I could use it on a day when I've been brooding and it feels like the 47th of December like the moon got stuck like the moon got stuck So long down 